0: 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is going to be where we are this morning. I want to read our two verses this morning, and then we're going to jump in. You guys doing well today? Good. I mean, I am so glad that that each of you are here today. Starting in verse 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this is what Paul writes. He says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I want to read that one more time in verse 6. It says, For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, he made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. And so this is where we're going to be anchored in this morning. So last weekend I uh, I was in a friend's wedding. I hadn't been in a a groomsman in a wedding in a very long time, so I was really out of touch. Um, But uh, the the, the ceremony, we're standing up there and the ceremony's almost over and and they go to do the ring exchange. And honestly, I've I've got to officiate a lot of weddings, a lot to officiate several of your weddings. And and, and the, the ring exchange is just something that happens at every ceremony, right? Or for most ceremonies. But there was something about this moment that it was just incredibly emotional. And what it was is, is the groom's ring was his grandfather's ring that his grandfather had, had wore on his finger for 50 plus years of the marriage that he had to his wife. And his wife had just passed away a few years earlier. And, and this grandfather takes this ring and he gives it to his grandson. And so his grandson, you know, they're doing the, the vow, the, the, the ring exchange. And the grandson, he, he puts a ring on his finger and he was showing it to his granddad and he was just stoked out of his mind. He's like, Oh goodness, this is amazing. And, and, and I was just looking at his grandfather, thinking about him. You know, this was the ring that that 50 years earlier he put on his bride's finger. This was the ring that was with him for the 50 years of making memories. And raising children and grandchildren. This this ring was the symbol of his love. This, this ring bore witness not to his hopeful faithfulness, to his actual faithfulness, that, that he had stood the, the, the ground, that he had kept his vows for these 50 or so years that he had stood the test. And, and, and now was this amazing moment where this, this man was, was passing this ring on, was entrusting it to his grandson as he began his journey with his new bride. And I just kept thinking, what an amazing gift. that this thing that's now on my friend's finger would would always be with him. This this ring that would spur him on, this thing that would strengthen him for my friend to be able to, on the hard days, right? Because there are many hard days in marriage to be able to look down and to go, hey, Gramps did it. Gramps was faithful. Gramps didn't leave. Gramps was in in the hard days. And so can I. And I just kept thinking about how simple of it is, right? On, On one level, it's just a little piece of, of metal, but it's so much more. It's this generational gem, this thing that has been given to him. And I go, man, he, he can't not pay that forward, right? That one day I hope he gets to pass it down to his grandson and say, you know what, son, there is a hundred years of faithfulness in that ring. You know, this is a, this is a special day for us as a church family. Our Ethos family, if you're new to us, we we are three different campuses across all of our city, and we're celebrating 10 years of getting to be a church family here in Nashville. And some of you, this is your first day, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Some of you guys have been here for five or six or eight years, and you feel some real ownership. And this 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 is a moment for us as a church family. Here at Marathon, today we're celebrating six years at this campus, And I've spent so much time the past few weeks and months just reflecting on what we've gotten to be a part of over the years. Looking at the timeline on the back wall, and I encourage you to stop by and look at that before you leave today. Thinking about all the people, and and this is you, whose lives, a lot of your lives have just been radically changed. thinking about all the good that we've gotten to be a part of as a church family, all the good that we've gotten to do, thinking about the way that the kingdom has advanced through this church family, and it's remarkable. And so today, as a church family, we celebrate, but we don't celebrate us, right? We don't come here and pat ourselves on the back. We don't come here to celebrate how great we are and how much good we've done. No, we come to celebrate the Lord. And this morning, I hope we don't miss it. You don't know the last time you went to a birthday party, maybe one of your friends was a party. And and, and the reality is that so often you can go to a party and you cannot give the attention to to the person that the day was actually designed for. And I don't want us to miss that today. Today we celebrate the Lord, okay? We celebrate our God who loved us so much that he sent his son to save us. We celebrate the son who laid down his life, who died on a Friday and on a Sunday morning was, was raised back to life. We celebrate the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who leads us, who guides us. We do not come to celebrate our church's name. We don't come to celebrate ourselves. We come to celebrate the God who saved us. You know, the beauty is that we celebrate God because of what he's given to us. Treasures, the, the language that Paul will use here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I go, what is it that, that, that has been given to us? You know, this is just the, the, the simple, just the gospel, that, that though we have sinned, because of Jesus, we are viewed as if we have never sinned. The simple gospel is that, that though we are given the reward as if our entire lives had been lived absolutely in a perfect manner that we never hurt anyone, that we never lied, that we never cheated, that we never stole, that we never gossiped, that we never slandered. The reality is that that whenever anyone turns to Jesus, whenever anyone believes in Jesus, whenever anyone um, trusts in Jesus and follows his teaching and decides to, to live in accordance with the spirit, that person is saved by God forever. It means that you'll spend the rest of your life experiencing the love of Almighty God. God who set his affection on you. And right now, you're you're tasting that in part. You get glimpses of his love. You get glimpses of his glory. You, You experience moments. But one day, you'll stand face to face with the almighty God who gave everything for you. Who risked it all. Who let his son be sent to this earth where he would be mistreated and hated and condemned. You'll stand face to face with the God who stopped at nothing to bring you home. And you'll experience his deep love that keeps calling to your heart, moment by moment, come back, come back. And the reality is that when you understand the deep love that God has for you, when you understand the treasure that Jesus is, that his spirit is, that the Father is, you will not keep that to yourself. That is not a treasure if you don't share it. I love the passage that we just read in verse seven. Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay, And what he is saying here is powerful because in the first century, this is what one commentator said. He said, jars of clay were a commonplace in virtually every home in the ancient Middle East. They were inexpensive and easily broken. And so what Paul is doing is he's contrasting the brightness and the value and the glory of the treasure, which is the Lord, which is the Lord in God's people. And he's contrasting that with the jar of clay, which is weak, which is prone to break, which is us. And I love the passage because today, we come to celebrate our treasure. The one that we as Christians, we carry in us. And today, I wanna talk real quick about what we do with the treasure. This treasure that has been given to us. Two things, we enjoy him and we share him. We enjoy the Lord and we share the Lord. Let's talk about those things real quick this morning. You know, I, I, am, I couldn't tell you, I can't even begin to tell you how, how proud I am to be associated with this church. I was, I was sitting in my car this morning. I get up and I'm drinking coffee on the way to the office to go over my notes and to, and to get ready. And I'm just sitting in my car, finished my coffee, and I'm, just, and I'm just weeping, thinking about how, how much of an honor it is to know you. and to get to do life with you. It's an honor to be a part of this church family. I was having lunch with some pastors that are in this neighborhood, predominantly African-American pastors, a a couple about a month ago. And and, and they they shepherd churches in this area and we were getting together and we were having lunch and and they asked what church I was from. And I said, oh, I'm I'm from Ethos. And they said, we've heard of your people. We see them all over the place. They're in the neighborhood. That's a good church. And I'm like, man, that when people think of us, they think about people who are in the neighborhood, they think of good people. You know, we have this board in our office that's, that's full of, of notes where, where college students' parents will say, hey, you're, you're never gonna know me, but, but my kid goes to your church and, and their life is, is, rad, is radically being changed or we get letters from organizations in our city or all over the world that says says, thank you. And and what I realize is that you are making an unbelievable impact and it's such a joy. It's such an honor to be associated with this church family. I'm so proud of what we've gotten to be a part of the past 10 years. Working with clinics like Salome Healthcare, organizations like the branch and youth encouragement services, working with Room in the Inn and the Nashville Rescue, the Nashville Rescue Mission and the Women's Nashville Rescue Mission. And we've, we've served hundreds of families in this neighborhood and in neighborhoods all over the city. We've, we've done work in Uganda and in India and in Portugal and in Macedonia and in Ukraine and Guatemala and on and on and on the list goes. And I wish that you could just see the, the difference that you're making. Last year when I was in India, I walk in this lady's house and she's, and she's crippled and, and, and when she, she got pregnant when she was uh, younger in life and her husband when she found out that she was pregnant he just leaves her and so here's this handicapped woman who's pregnant and, and she has no one to help and I walk in her house Nana, and I walk in her house and, and, and she has no roof in her in her roof there's just water so every time it rains water just comes down on her they're sleeping on the dirt floor and, and, and because of you and your generosity a roof was put over this woman's home People literally all over the world are being impacted by you, whether you know it or not. Hindu people in in India who who don't know Jesus are are laying aside or cutting the cords. We talked about this last week because of Christ and you're getting to be a part of it. It's an honor. It's an honor to be part of this family. But bigger than our church, man, it's such an honor to know God the reality is that, that, that one day this church will not be a church anymore. You know, Dave says this line, he's like, one day, you know, my own family won't even remember my name. <laughs> that, that God is doing something bigger than your personal life, than our, than our churches, what we're trying to advance. Man, you think about just the, 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 the thing that God is doing. And it's an honor to know God. Think about the things that you've seen personally God do in your life. Think about it. The unmistakable, the the prayers that you prayed that God answered. Think about the, the ways where God came through for you when God was there, when no one else was. Think about the miraculous, the mysterious. Think about almighty, powerful God that we cannot see when he's touched down in your life and he's opened your eyes and he's shown you his glory. Think about what you've experienced with almighty God. Man, I am, I am constantly just reminded how grateful I am to God that, that forgave and pursued a sinner like me. I look back on my life and just the choices I made when I was younger. I'm going, man, I wish I could just go back and redo them. And the fact that God would pursue me and put his spirit in me. Or the way that I've, I've heard God speak the way that he has led me and our family and the ways that we should go, the the way that God has given me strength to overcome temptation, the way that he's given me self-control to guard my eyes and what I look at and self-control, the things that come out of my mouth, the way that God has been a constant companion in times of pain and uncertainty. I've seen God physically, miraculously heal people instantly. I've seen God provide when there wasn't a way. I've seen God reveal things that are hidden, that bring people to life. Think about what you've seen God do. It's an honor to know God. It's an honor to be known by the living God. And if you know God, the great part is it's all about what God has done. This is what Paul says. He says, God has made his light shine in our hearts. It's it's God that opens our hearts. It's it's God that calls us to him. It's God that helps us to respond to him. This is what Jesus said in John chapter six. He says, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. No one can come to him unless the father draws them. And so you think about this. It's an honor to know God. Why? Because it means that God has called you. That God has pursued your heart. If you love and you follow Jesus, it's not because you're so great, it's because God is so great. In John chapter six verse 37, it says that all those the fathers get, the, all those that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, you know what Jesus says, I will never drive away. He'll never drive you away from His presence. No matter what you've done, no matter how long you've been gone, if you're in God, if you're in Christ, if you're in his hand, he will never, ever let you go. He'll never drive you away. And so we have this treasure, this living almighty God who sees us, who answers us, who loves us. And I want to just encourage you to enjoy God in this life. Make memories with God. Treasure them in your heart. Enjoy God. And the second thing I want to share this morning, I think what it means to treasure God is that we share him. We enjoy God and we share God. You know, what what do we do with the things that we treasure? The things that we really treasure. You know what my kids do? (laughs) They put it on their wall in their bedroom (laughs) or they wear it to school Right? Their, their art that they, that they create or the necklace that they that they that they make with their with their little plastic beads, right? And, and, the, and they wear it to school, they put the things that they're proud of on display. Or think about my, my wife, and she'll wear her grandmother's ring, or she'll wear this ring that my aunt gave to her, and she wears the things that she treasures. Think about the things that we treasure in life. We we guard it. We guard them with everything that we have. We protect it. We, 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 we know where they are. The reality is that the things that we really treasure in life, we want to we share. Right? The, the real things in life that we treasure we want other people to see. My friend's granddad didn't give him the ring because it was worthless. He gave it to him because it meant the world to him. My mother-in-law, my father-in-law got me maybe the greatest Christmas gift last year. It's um, a coffee subscription from this place called Misto Box. Have any of you guys heard of this? Raise your hand, Christy has. Me and Christy and a few people over here. And, And so the way that it works is they'll send you a bag of coffee every month or however much you get. Um, from a different roaster all over the country, and so you literally just get to, to try all these amazing coffee shops, and, and I've discovered this, that, that we'll get it the first of the month, and because Court and I just, you know, pound coffee like it's air. Um, we, we go through it so fast, but, but one of the things that I've discovered is that when, when my friends come over, I can think about Chad. Chad Herndon is one of my buddies. He lives close to us. When he'll come over, I'm not giving him the the, the junk that we drink in the morning from Kroger, right? The the cheap stuff, like when he comes over. I want him to to, to sample the best of of what I have. And when when friends and family come over, I don't want to serve them the cheap stuff. I want them to enjoy the best. Because that's what you do. When, When you treasure something, you share it. You don't hoard it, you don't keep it. No, you, you come open-handed and, and you share it. You know, I was having a conversation. I saw Carly here earlier, one of my coworkers, and she was asking me, Finley, my oldest daughter, started kindergarten this year. And, and this is early this summer. She said, hey, are you, are you nervous? Are you, are you sad that she's starting school? I'm like, yeah, I'm a little, like, a little nervous, I'm a little sad. But the reality is this little girl is amazing and, and I want the world to, to experience her. And for her, for me to keep her all to myself, is so unbelievably selfish. She has something that the world needs. we share the things that we treasure. We share them. We want the world to to see them. On Wednesday this week, the the Indian pastors, our staff, got to, to gather with them for a couple of hours and just ask them questions and, and get to know them a little bit better. The majority of people on our team have not gotten to go and visit them. And so we wanted them to just have a space to, to get to know their hearts. And, and one of the things that you just discovered in, in, in the Indian pastors' hearts is that their priority is that, that people in India would come to know Jesus. It is what they care about more than anything in this life. And yes, they feed lots of hungry children. Why? Because hungry children are fed. And, and, and if they're trying to tell them about Jesus, but they're starving, they can't even hear it. And so they, they feed the kids, yes, because they're hungry. And they and they educate the kids because they believe that that if they can educate these children, to, that that they'll rise out of the slums, they'll rise out of poverty, if they're given an education, if they're given a chance, they can literally change the landscape of India. And and they and they vocationally train these women who are who are living in the slums, who don't have a way to To provide for their family so that they can provide for their family. And they're doing all these things, but not because they're good humanitarians. They're doing it because they want people to know Jesus. And I go, is is that the way that we view life? On Wednesday, the Indian pastors, they they went trick-or-treating with us. They walked around our neighborhood and man, it was amazing to, to just see their faces and and, and we were walking around our neighborhood and knocking on doors and getting candy from, from neighbors that I've never met. And, and the, the spirit was just asking me, hey, do you really care about these people? Do you actually care about the eternal things? Or do you just wanna be a nice guy? Do you wanna just have a nice yard? And do you want them to know that? Brandon, if, if, if I'm your treasure, if I am what you value most, you'll share me. God, Jesus, the spirit, our treasure, our prize, the best thing that we have going for us. And I go, do, do we display God? Do we wear God proudly? Do we, do we talk about God? Do we think about God? Do we eagerly anticipate the moments we get to be in his presence with nothing else to do? Do we protect and do we fight for God when others dishonor him? Do we honor him? When others are forsaking God, do we stand with God? Do we share God? Do we treasure God? Do we share him? The other day we were we had some work done in our front yard, some plumbing stuff. And, and, and so there are these big gaps in our yard where, where grass hadn't taken back. And so we're, we're, we're scattering seed in the front yard. And, and I see this as an opportunity. I'm always looking for an opportunity, right, to teach my kids, like, to, to take practical lessons and to turn them into to spiritual truths. And so, you know, we're walking around and, and I'm asking Jones and Finley, I'm like, hey, where should, we, where should we scatter seeds? Thinking, you know, obviously the places where there's no seeds. And, and Jones just, you know, he pulls this, like, ninja move on me and he says, dad, We need to scatter seed everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right, Jones. We do need to scatter seed everywhere. But the reality is that there are certain places in our yard that needed a little bit more. You know, I want to encourage us to not spend our entire spiritual lives, to not spend our lives um, sowing seed where there's already grass. I it is so easy, and maybe it's not easy, maybe it's very difficult, but, but the, the longer you follow Jesus, the, 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 the easier it is just to be around Christian people. And because it's, it's, it's what we're made for, it's, we're made to, to be around God, and we see God in other people, and so we're drawn to it. Like, there's a reason you want to be around Christians, is because you see God in them. That's a, an amazing thing. But let's not spend our whole lives sowing spiritual seed where there's already grass. You know, this is a heartbeat of of why our church began is that, that there are so many people in our city that don't know Jesus. And we can show up here on Sunday and we can just care about ourselves and we can take care of each other and we need to keep doing that, like not caring about just ourselves. We need to keep caring for each other. But the reality is that there are so many people that are like places in my yard, that there's just nothing there. They don't have any hope. They don't have any lives. Don't have any joy. They need the treasure that you have found. And so I want to encourage us. You know, as we wrap up today, what, what do we do with this? Some of you, I, I think maybe the the word the, the idea is is that you would just obey him. For some of you, God is is calling you into into a life with him. He's calling you to, to give your life to him, to surrender, to, to be baptized. And there's a reason that, 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 that for some of you that you don't see God in you, it's because God's not actually in you. If you haven't surrendered your life, if you haven't gone public with, with declaration of, of love and your intention to follow him, if you haven't given your life to him, obey him. Let him give you the treasure that is worth laying everything else in this life down for. For some of you, it's, he's calling you to, to obey him, to give your life to him. Others of you, he's calling you to obey him with a, with a, with a certain aspect of your life. And I just wanna encourage you, no matter what he's calling you to do, just obey him. You know, Dave and Sid, the, the, the people who, who started Ethos 11 years ago, God put it on their heart. Hey, I want you to start a church that will reach lost people in this city. And they did it. And think about what, what one choice of obedience, what happens when one person chooses to obey? And so I go, if, if, if God is inviting you to do something, if it's God's voice, you have to do it, Okay. You have to do it. Obey him. Second thing that we do with this, open your life up so that people can see the treasure that God is in your life. Open your life up. I wanna encourage you to enjoy God. Let the first thing that you do in the morning be to open his word. Let his words go into your heart before culture, before you check your text messages, before you get on Instagram, before you read your news. Let his words come into your heart. When you feel overwhelmed this week by by life and by circumstances, pray, bring it to the Lord. Enjoy God. Give him a space to shape you. Give him a space to to take away your worry. And share him. And I know that if you're a Christian, you go, I want to do that. I I know I have this treasure. I don't know how, Brandon. I want to just give you two very practical things to to do of what it looks like, I believe. And we'll keep going down this path because there's more to it than this. But these are some good first steps, like what it looks like to, to share the treasure that we've been given. The first thing, I just want to invite you, if you're looking for ways to start sharing the Lord, when you meet people that you don't know, And you feel the tug of God on your life. Hey, I'm supposed to talk to that person. And you don't know what to say. The Holy Spirit's going to give you words. But but if you need a little bit more, go, man, just ask them, hey, is there something that I can pray about in your life? And then commit to actually praying for them. Because God works in prayer. And then follow back up with that person. If you're buying grocery at Aldi and and you ask the person, is there something I can pray about? And they tell you, and they they let you in on their life, pray for them. The next time you go, ask them, hey, I've been praying for you this whole week about this thing. How's it going? And see what God does. Second thing I want to invite you to do invite people to come to church with you. A couple weeks ago, I'm at a gas station. And I'm, I'm a pretty friendly person, right? So, so I'm just talking to people and that's not a common thing that happens at gas stations, right? Like people are making it pretty clear they don't wanna talk a lot of times. And, 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 but there's this guy and I could tell that he was, he was open to talking. And so I just feel the Lord saying, hey, you need to invite this guy to church. And so I'm, I'm nervous and I'm scared, right? I'm like, what's this guy gonna think? And so he gets in his truck and he's just sitting there for a minute and, and I'm like, okay, now's my opportunity. I gotta go and ask him. So I walk up to his car and I'm like, hey man, what's your name? And he tells me and, and, and I said, I know this sounds weird. I said, Do you go to church anywhere? He says, I don't go to church anyway right now. I said, I think I'm, uh, I want to just invite you to, to come to church. He said, Well, where do you go to church? And I said, I go to a church named Ethos. And he says, No way. He said, My next door neighbor goes to Ethos. And, and he's been inviting me to come to church for a long time. He said, When he gets back from Ireland, he said, I'm going to go to church with him. And I just want to encourage us. Man, if if we are not inviting people to come into God's presence where God can move, who is? And it's such an easy way to share our treasure. Okay, here's how I want us to end today. In your seat is a sticky note. If my kids didn't write on your sticky note, which hopefully is true, here's what I wanna invite you to do. I wanna invite you to, to think about a significant spiritual moment in your life. I want you to think about a specific memory that you have with God where God just came through for you. And I don't want you to write your name. I just want you to write a sentence or two. And at the top, I want you just to, to write the, 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 the year. And so if it was something that happened in 2012, write 2012 and then underneath it, write what happened. Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to take this and we're going, to, we're going to share during communion. And then we're going to take it and we're going to put it on the timeline in the back. Because ethos isn't just a story about some random people. Ethos is is your story. It's my story. It is us. And so today, if you come in and you go, I'm not a Christian. I don't have any significant spiritual moments with God. That's amazing. I want to just encourage you to write your name on that card. If you're a kid here and you don't have any significant spiritual moments, just write your name on it. And and, and we're going to put those on on the board on the timeline. And so I want to give us just a couple minutes to think about a significant spiritual moment. So pick up that sticky note, take a pen. I want you to write a significant spiritual moment in your life, write a sentence or two. And then I'll get back up here in just a minute with some more instructions. Okay, I'm gonna invite you to stand up and hold on your sticky note. We're gonna hold these up in the air like this. I'm gonna pray for us. And then when we get done, what we're going to do is we're going to go take communion. We're going to get a piece of bread and a cup of juice. You can take it with a person or a couple of people. And I want you just to share if you feel comfortable with what you wrote on your card. And then I want to invite you to go and I want you to put it on the timeline um, today, wherever it was, whatever year it was lines up with. Just just put it on there as a way for us just to testify. So I invite you to hold this up and to pray for us right now. God, I give you thanks for today. I give you thanks for your 10 For the 10 years of of faithfulness, I thank you for the the 10 years of provision, for the 10 years of drawing near. And God, we understand that, that today is just the beginning. And we don't know what the future hold, holds for us, God, but we're saying we're here. We're committed to you that we want to, to show the treasure more than, than we ever have before, that we want this world to experience the goodness of what we have. And so this, this moment, God, of us holding these up, this is, this is us saying thank you for the way that you provided and came through and showed up. And God, we want this for other people in our lives. And so, God, we want this to to, to serve as a symbol that the next time that, that we do something like this, that there are people beside us that didn't know you, that have experienced the same goodness that we have. And so, God, we thank you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being near to us. Thank you for the way that you've healed us and provided it for us and saved us. And we love you, God. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.